0: You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. So, I, I, you probably haven't really noticed this, uh, so I want to point it out to you, okay? Just in case you had no, I want to point it out to you so far in the reckless sermon series when we've talked about being reckless you know and maybe maybe some of us are a little stepping on toes I, I got accused last week of meddling so if you didn't hear last week's sermon you want to listen i'd say now you won't listen to it because you think i'm just meddling right uh but but talk, even talking about the habits as we talked about last week when we when we deal with our habits and we we do those things who's that benefit it, it benefits me when i deal with my habits when i deal with my stuff so so what we've been talking about in Reckless up to this point is we've been talking about stuff to help us. We've been talking about things that, you know, help our lives, make our lives better, make our marriages, make our relationships, help us to help us be stronger. Everything we've do, we've been talking about being reckless so those good things can happen. And today, I want to change gears a little bit. I want to, I want to move a little deeper, a little further. Now that we've, we've talked a lot about being reckless and, and, and what reckless means, I want to move a little further and I want us to think about this about being reckless for God okay being reckless for God not just being reckless to benefit me but being reckless for God and his kingdom and his purpose and his plan you know a, a lot of us Christians as Christians you know we embrace the Savior we want him to be our Savior save us from our sins save us from you know not just our sins in eternity yes thank God for that save us for that but also save us From our sins about all the stuff that we've done that has built all this other stuff that we have to deal with in our life save us from that and give us some some peace and deliverance and 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 help with those things and so we embrace him as Savior sometimes we don't embrace him as Lord because we've got this idea I think a lot of times that when we embrace him as Lord that you know then he gets to tell us what to do and all of that and so what we've not done is is we've not taken that step you know, to, to to get to get that place to, to understand that even in that is still all for our, our benefit. That we've we've dealt with more of the the don'ts, you know. Don't do this, don't do that, don't go here, don't go there. You know, we've dealt with all that. We deal with all those kinds of things, but but there's also some some do's, some things that God wants us to do, some some things he wants to lead us in, some purpose for your life, and those kinds of things. And when is when is this gonna change it is like where does this change happen that we begin to understand and we come to grips with it and we begin to to appreciate the fact that God has called us as let me let me show you when this happens go to my first slide here things change when you learn it's not that you've got to but that you get to not that you've got to do this that God says do so and so and you've got to do it but things change when you realize it's not that I've got to but I get to I get to be a part of this. I get to see these awesome things happen. I I prayed the prayer Did you I prayed the prayer last week for Wayne Newman that While we were in service that God would heal him and 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 it happened I'm a part of it. I get to say I was part of that You know, it wasn't that I had to pray for Wayne Newman. I got to pray for him. I got to pray I was I was uh Privileged to pray. I was blessed to pray. I was blessed to have the opportunity to pray a prayer That led to was part of a miracle It's not that I've got but I get to Okay, let me let me ask you this question If God were to tell you right now tomorrow morning when you get up, I want you to give a 1 million dollar gift to the church, or some charitable organization, even it just somewhere, if God were to tell you, "I want you to give one million dollars tomorrow morning when you wake, what would you do? What, what, what would be your response to that? You know what, what, would, what would you tell God back? If God spoke that to you right now, what would you answer to God? Would you pull out your phone and open your, your app and show God your checking account balance and say, "Wait a minute, God, you see this? Do you know this? God? Do, do you know about this? Or would you say, God, I think your secretary in heaven got a wrong number when you dialed me up today, right? I mean, what would you do if God said, I want you to give a million dollars tomorrow morning? What would you do? What would you do? Not, not, write a, not write a bad check. I'm saying, actually, God says, I want you to give one million dollars. What would you do? What would you? Do? Can I tell you something? There is a faith inside of you. That's what I was talking about last week when when it was talking about Wayne, uh, Wayne Newman and his faith that he had and all about that, that, that strength. And you, you may say, you know, I, I even told Wayne in, in the hospital that day, I said, man, this faith you've got, we got to get you well because we got to keep you praying for people with this kind of faith. But you know what? You've got it inside of you too. The Word of God says every one of us has been given a measure of faith. And it only takes a little bit of faith, but you've got to act and operate on that faith and there is a faith inside of you that is just dying to get out of you, this faith that if God spoke to you right now and says, tomorrow morning, I want you to give a million dollars, there's a faith inside of you that wants to scream, praise God, that means before the sun rises tomorrow morning, I'm going to be a millionaire. Think about it. Because if God tells you, not God tells you I want you to try, but God says I want you to give a million dollars tomorrow, then he's going to enable that. God doesn't call us to do stuff we don't want to do. I I know a lot of people, I've heard so many people say, you know, well, I'm just afraid to give everything I got to God because I'm afraid he'll call me to be a missionary to some foreign land. Can I tell you something? If you get a call to a foreign land as a missionary, there is something inside of you that there is some passion, there is some desire inside of you that will not let you be content living in this land if you're called to to minister in a foreign land. God doesn't call us to do things we can't do God's not going to tell you to give a million dollars tomorrow if you don't already have a million dollars But you know what if he tells you to do it Then there must be some money coming your way before you before you wake up tomorrow morning Because God God wouldn't tell you to do something you cannot do and and I'm not just talking about the million dollars That was a good example. I think but for us to understand that when God calls us to something he, he has either already enabled us maybe you've already got the million dollars or you know several million and we just didn't know about it because you were afraid we would all ask you to borrow money right or, or maybe he's going to give it to you tonight. that if God calls you to something he puts that inside of you this passion this desire this ability th- this want to all of these things God puts inside of us and so, so when God then calls us or tells us to do something it's not that we've got to it's like we've already got to, it's that we get to and be a part of this. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm come back to this at the very close of this message. I, I, w- I wanna share some things with you to get to that point. Okay, we're gonna come back to this thought that it's not that I've got to, I get to. Okay, but before we, I'm, I'm gonna take you to, to three examples uh, in the Bible. Again, uh, we've done this several times in, 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 the, in this sermon series. I wanna take you to three, but right before I do, I wanna I want revisit some of the the, the definitions of reckless, okay? Because I actually had somebody challenge me and say, well, you know, I, I don't like using the word reckless for God or reckless love for God. And it wasn't anybody at 2911, okay? You guys have been totally open to that. But this person was saying, you know, because that's, that's some, really what they were saying is that's some negative stuff to say about God. So is it really reckless? Uh, and these are, these are abbreviated a little bit from where we were earlier. Lack of concern. Okay, that does sound, does that sound negative? A Lack of concern. Uh, sacrificing without regard, careless of consequences. Sound sound a little reckless? It's according to what con- uh, context, okay? I'll show you that in a minute. Daredevil? I <laughs> can't believe you'd call God, God a daredevil. Or, or heedless to potential bad results. Okay, so on the surface, because sometimes we can all be negative kind of people, right? On the surface, all of these things sound negative. But I want to show you with some of these stories in Scripture that... There are positive aspects being reckless isn't necessarily a negative thing. Sometimes it is exactly what is needed Okay, so here's the first one. Let me talk to you about a man named Noah Y'all heard of Noah, you know guy that built the biggest biggest boat ever built in history until about hundred years ago Now think about that all this all the centuries before last century Nobody had ever built a boat as big as Noah. So when Noah built this boat, it was the biggest boat in history. It was bigger than, it was bigger than he should have been able to build. Now our, um, you know, our assumption is because Noah was really the, about the only one, as far as we could tell, he was the only one really following God, listening to God in these days. And our assumption is then, That Noah, you know, you've probably, if you've heard a lot of sermons on Noah, you've probably heard some about how Noah was probably ridiculed. He was probably mocked. Building this big old, huge boat, this far, that far away from water. What are you going to do to get this boat to the water? They didn't know the water was coming to the boat, right? But they they probably ridiculed him. They probably made fun of him. I mean, he was spending all of his days and nights. He was spending his money. Probably cost him a lot of money, didn't it? Probably cost him a lot of money to to actually build that boat. Uh, But whatever God had called him to do God somehow had already made it where he could do it he had already provided for that I I, I don't know if he was already a millionaire or whatever but some way he was able to do this spent a lot of money spent a lot of his time and all of those kinds of things but you know there was there was one thing that did not hinder him talk about you remember that first definition of reckless a moment ago that was kind of a negative a lack of concern Noah had a lack of concern. Okay, bring up that next part. Being reckless for God is being unconcerned with popularity. Being reckless for God means you have a lack of concern for being popular. Being popular is not the important part. that's, that's, That's not the priority here, being popular. And you know why this is really reckless for us today is because, man, our whole culture today is all wrapped around popularity, I mean it's all about being popular how many friends you got on facebook some of you know don't you because man you track it you got you got you know you need more i, I need a few i've got to hit that thousand mark you know got to hit this mark, whatever. or whatever or or how many likes or shares did you get on that last post that you put up come on we're all so wrapped up in popularity uh, and i mean we can't even speak up as as we talked past couple of weeks we can't even speak up if we think something's right we can't even speak up Unless we know that everybody else is gonna accept what we say yep but being reckless for God and sometimes it is reckless is to say or to do what is important without the care of what is popular this is this is where this is where Noah was but this is where you and I are today and if we're going to be reckless if we're going to if, if, we're, if we're going to be reckless for God sometimes it'll mean that we're not popular can I tell you something I am not standing here today saying the things that I'm saying because I want to be popular, okay? Uh, You know, when we were raising our our two kids who were actually on staff with us at 2911, I want you to understand there were some days that I was not popular as dad. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? There were some days that my kids didn't like me, (laughs) you know? There There were some days that were like, but you know what? It wasn't about being popular because I wanted them to grow up to be the man and the woman of God that He had called them to be, and purpose that they could be. I wanted them to have everything they needed to have. I wanted to challenge them. I wanted to dig into them. I, yeah, you know, talk about stepping on toes. Yeah, I, I, yeah as a dad, sometimes you got to do more than step on toes. You know, and you got got to challenge and doing all that. Why? Because I wanted to grow up to be that. You know, the same same things going on right here, right now. You know, I'm like a spiritual. Father to many of you, you know, I hope you kind of see me in that way. So you know what? I don't care if you like the sermon or not. That's not what I'm here for I'm not here to preach something that you like I'm here to share with you the things that you need to hear so that you can grow up to be the man of God and the woman of God that God purposed for you to be and popularity I'm not saying we need to tick everybody off and do things that are unpopular. I'm not saying popularity isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it is way down the priority list when you start talking about following God and doing what God has called you to do. It cannot be the the big issue. It it, it cannot be. Take take me this next, uh, add that. Noah spent his life for something God called him to, something bigger than himself. He didn't just spend his money he spent his life a big chunk of it on the thing that God called him to this thing that this thing that was bigger than him that God purposed him to do you know and, and a lot of us sometimes we, we don't think that we're up to that but remember if God calls you to it if God gives you that purpose and passion in you he's going to make sure that you've got the tools that you need that you need to do it because sometimes doing church biblically or even doing life for that matter doing it biblically is messy sometimes it's even scary and dangerous and reckless well then pastor why in the world do you want to try to talk us into doing it because we don't have to do it we get to do it you see it see it's it's the messy part of being a Christian that is the part that really changes lives. It's the messy part, it's, it's, it's the scary part, it's the dangerous, it's the reckless part of being a Christian and of having the Christian walk and following after Christ. It's those things that actually make the difference. It's like the, uh, the, the, the parable of, the, pro, of, the, of the, uh, the Samaritan, the Good Samaritan, where this guy, you know, he, he got beat up and he got left for dead in the ditch and, and, and then, then the Good Samaritan comes along. He didn't rescue him out of the ditch without getting down in the ditch with him. He didn't bind up his wounds without getting bloody. He didn't get him out of the mud without him getting a little muddy. It's messy sometimes, but it's not that I've got to, it's that I get to. I get to to see someone's life that was messy be turned around by God. Yeah, maybe I got a little bit on it, but that's the part that is so amazing and so awesome. And I want I want to challenge you to get there I want to challenge you to, to 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 embrace it to get just so wrapped up in what God wants you to do and what he's purposed you to do what he's enabled you to do that you quit focusing on all just your stuff and realize that you have so much more in, inside of you okay so so we talked about Noah there let me talk about somebody else let's talk about Moses you know why one of the reasons I want to talk about Moses is because Noah when, when God told Noah build a boat floods coming it appears from everything we have in the story, beginning there in Genesis chapter 6, it appears Noah just jumped at it. Okay. You know, because it's kind of easy when God says, Hey, your family's about to die if you don't build a boat. It'd be easy for me to build a boat, you know. But he jumped at it. But Moses, not so much. If you remember the story, Burning Bush, when God calls him, says, Hey, I want you to go back to Egypt and uh, get my people out of their slavery or deliver them, Moses starts making excuses. Well, I can't because da-da-da-da. I can't because of this. I can't because of that. Send somebody else. And he starts making. He doesn't. He doesn't automatically jump in and accept it. He doesn't just go for it right there. I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. I, I'm glad that we've got those two examples because some of you, some of you are like, yeah, that's what I want. I want to make a difference. I don't want to just go through life just a so-so life and a so-so Christian. I'm ready. And then some of you are like, I don't know. Are you sure? Maybe God got the wrong number again. You know. Maybe God forgot who I am, and He hadn't, you know, not my bank balance. Maybe it's something else that God hadn't looked, and he, maybe He's forgotten. And so maybe you're a little bit more like Moses, and you're a little hesitant about yeah jumping in there and believing. But if God called you to it, He'll make you able to do it. And so here's what Moses did. So when Moses finally says, "Okay, God, I want to do it," Moses has to go talk to Pharaoh. Exodus chapter five, verse one. Before, before, before I read that, I want you to think about what he did. He went and talked. To Pharaoh he went and challenged Pharaoh not a president not a governor you know not a president that has a Congress and a Supreme Court to kind of hold him in check this is a Pharaoh this is this is a desperate this is a guy that that he doesn't even have to call a judge to convict you and make you guilty all he's got to do is turn to a guard and say take his head off kill him and you're done And so every every step that Moses took closer to Pharaoh was one step closer to Pharaoh just saying hey You're done and killing him. So uh, after he presented to Israel's leaders uh, What God had told him Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh They told him this is what the Lord the God of Israel says let my people go so they may hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness He said Pharaoh God says let all the slaves go so they can go in the wilderness have a festival He was putting himself at risk he, he was he was putting himself in danger and by my count I actually went through and counted by my count he went before Pharaoh 16 times may have gone more times but I counted 16 times that he definitely went and stood before Pharaoh not not one not two not ten like the ten plaques 16 times he went before Pharaoh you know why because of being reckless for God add that part being reckless for God is sacrificing personal comfort or risking personal safety because someone else isn't comfortable or safe. That's what Moses was doing. His life was fine. He was out of Egypt. He was not a slave. He was comfortable. He had, he had married into a good family and, and uh, they were financially well off. He was going to be well off. Everything was fine. But being reckless for God is risking your own comfort and safety for someone who is not yet comfortable and safety. Comfortable and safe. You know Craig Rochelle says this about his church he says we will do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ that's reckless anything short of sin why because the most important thing is reaching people who don't know Christ so that means risking anything else you know we'll we'll try anything if it'll reach somebody we'll do anything short of sin you know we don't want to pull anybody away from Christ or we're trying to get other people to Christ, but we'll do anything short of sin. And, and you know, I say this, you know, I hope this is who we are at 29-11, but I say this often, and I'm going to say it again this week. I, I, right now, this morning, I'm going to declare this again as pastor. This is who we are. We will, I'm saying as pastor, we will do anything short of sin to reach someone who does not know Jesus Christ. I'm saying it. I'm saying as leader, I'm, this is where I'm leading you. This is where I'm taking it, is we will do anything short of sin to reach someone who does not yet know Jesus Christ. That's who we are. And and, and there's several ways we do that. You know, at Summer of Serve, we just came out of. One of the reasons for that is is to remind us it's not about me. Some of you have on the shirt, you know, it's not about me. But you know what? Uh, We don't just do the Summer of Serve projects to remind us it's not about me. (laughs) The whole purpose is to do things for somebody that is not yet comfortable or safe. Someone who maybe their kids didn't have enough to eat today. And so I cannot be content with extra in my refrigerator as long as somebody else's kids doesn't have enough to eat. Or someone else is, is, is in danger. Hey, there, we're in a new slavery epidemic today in the United States. Our, our country has dealt with slavery in the past and, and still dealing with some of the issues Revol- uh, re- resolving from some of that, but but there is a new there is a new slavery today that we are dealing with, and in that same way, we we can't be com- uh, content in our own comfort as long as we know that there's someone else out there who still needs to be rescued. Not until until we know everybody has heard the message, everybody knows that Christ loves them. We, we 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 can't be content. We can't be satisfied with with what we've got as long as we know somebody else still needs the comfort or the safety of being in Christ Jesus and so so one of the ways we do that small summer of service another way we do that is a big event that I have right now it's our biggest event that's coming up in about six weeks the Great Pumpkin Bash okay now this is going to sound a little bit like a commercial okay I get that that's fine I'm gonna give you a little bit of commercial because I want you to understand something and so, here, so we, this takes dozens and dozens of people every year. We've been doing this, we've been doing this, I, I guess, since we, I, I, I think we've been doing it every single year since we, since we launched. And so we do this, and it started real small over in our little parking lot over at the church in, in, in Mount Olive on, um, on Mount Olive Road, there at Tommy Town in Mount Olive Road. And now that we've moved into the middle of everything going on in Gardendale, it's kind of exploded I mean it's almost got to that place where you know it's just it's just kind of so big it's almost like you know you might want to say well maybe we need to you know maybe need to scale it down maybe we need to stop it because it's more than we can do hey wait a minute if God calls us to it he will enable us to do it <laughs> right And if God has called us to this, and so you know what we, what we got to do, today is actually the first day you can, you can start signing up to serve there and and to do things. Uh, And and here's some of the things that happen, Let let me tell you this, here's one of the over, overreaching ideals of what happens here, is Halloween, it is the night where the world comes to our door. Whether you're at home passing out candy, or you're out here in the grass with, with us while we're doing the, the Great Pumpkin Bash, it's the night when the world comes to our door. You know, we don't, we, don't have to, we don't have to chase them down, we don't have to tell them something. It's the night they come to us and they find out that we're, we're not saying, hey, we're Christians and what we believe is right and the way you're living is wrong but they come to us and they find out that hey we're so full of the love of God we're not content until we make sure everybody's comfortable everybody safe, everybody's got to have something to take care of every single year we know we feed kids that would not have had something to eat before they went to bed that night you know some of you think yeah candy well yeah but we give them a hot dog too <laughs> and, and some potato chips and water and some candy and I'm like so what i believe every kid ought to have some candy you know, there are kids probably hadn't had candy in months, and if we if we give them a bag of candy that they can go home home with, I mean, that's that's like a blessing to be able to do something like that. And so we give them by by, by doing this, we create this safe place. I remember when when our kids were small, you know, it was like you, we started really starting to be careful about neighborhoods that you'd go into, and you'd have to only go to houses you to do people and all that stuff. So here's one of the things we do for an hour and a half, we create a safe place, a safe atmosphere for these families to come and bring their kids and for them to enjoy time together and also get something to eat, get some candy, go home with a full stomach and know that a church in through the through the love of Jesus Christ reached out to them and told them you're important enough for us to spend all this time and effort and money on you because everything's free See, this this is why we do this because we will do anything short of sin to reach someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ okay here third one real quick just before we close David y'all know David sir man so many stories about David but the big one that most everybody even if you're not someone who's raised in church most everybody knows the story of David and Goliath right the big giant Here's what I'm gonna read this these couple of verses up here but before I do I want you to think about this is that when David went down into the valley of Elah when he went down to that valley where where Goliath stood and was blaspheming the name of God threatening all the armies of Israel and all the all the forces of Israel and do it when David went down into that valley to face the giant he did not go For himself you know first of all I say he went for the king the king needed a champion and he went for the king but he also went for the armies because Goliath was trying to make this deal hey send one guy down here we'll fight whoever wins you know then they will take uh, they will take the 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 other army into slavery the other people into slavery he was fighting for the army in that army were his three brothers and if things went bad, they could have been killed. So he was fighting for his three brothers. He was going down to face Goliath for his three brothers. But it, 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 but it wasn't just that, you know, because I, I know maybe, maybe like if we're like Moses, it's really easy for us to say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, what David could have said is, whoa, wait, this ain't my battle. This is not my fight. I'm not in the army. I'm just, I mean, I'm just a teenage boy who, well, I watch my dad's sheep every day. It'd been very easy to say, that's not my battle, I'm going back to watch the sheep it'd be so much easier to do that but David couldn't do that I love this second verse that I've got on the screen for you okay when David went in the valley he didn't go for himself verse 40 he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's back when he went and faced Goliath with only five stones and a sling he didn't do it for himself Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Then you skip down to verse 48 and it says, and as Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. That once David realizes this is what I'm called for, then he picks up and he runs out to meet him. Maybe you're not an early adopter like Noah, like God calls you and you're ready. Yes, I'm ready to build a boat. Come on, pastor, show me where it's time to build something, let's do it. Maybe you're more like a Moses, and you're like, I don't know, God, is there not somebody? Are you sure you meant me, God? Maybe you back off. But once you get it, I believe once you get it, you're going to be like David and realize, this is what I've been called for. This is what I've been chosen for. This is what I've been gifted for. This is what I'm passionate about. God's not calling me to do something I don't want to do he's calling me to do what I'm passionate about in my heart and in my spirit and like David you'll run to it and say I'm here to fulfill the purpose that God has put in my life and has given to me so so add that part there at the bottom there now for me being reckless for God is doing what should be done without regard to cost or consequences when David went down to that valley he didn't go for himself but it was his life that was at risk It was his life that could have have been paid that day, but he he went, and he risked that without regard. Again, isn't that the negative definition of reckless? Without regard? He did what he did without regard. It was reckless in a lot of people's eyes. It was reckless in everybody's eyes on, probably everybody looking, Philistines and Israelites. It was reckless, but he did it because he was being reckless for God. He was choosing that, being reckless for God. Because you think about this, if David had gone back to just watching the sheep, maybe he'd have been left alone. Maybe the, maybe the army would have been wiped out and even his three brothers, but he'd have been safe watching the sheep. And yeah, they, they went in, they'd be taken into slavery maybe. But you know, as a teenager, he probably wouldn't be messed with too much. The Philistines would have more important things to do than mess with a just a shepherd, teenage shepherd. But one day David was going to get married. One day David would have kids. And if somebody didn't go to, and fight and face this giant, his future generations were also going to be born into and raised in slavery. When, when David went down into that valley, he didn't go for himself. He went for his king. I'm not just talking about an earthly king. Y'all getting me? When David went down to face that giant, he went for his king. He went to be a champion for it. He didn't say, I've got to. He was saying, I get to go be my king's champion today. He didn't go there for himself, but he went there for all the armies and and for his own family, the, the brothers and sisters around us he went there he went there not for himself but for his own family and even for his future and for his family to come that's 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 who he went for and why he went went for take me this last slide last little thing right here I've said this many times I hadn't said it in a while just as a good reminder and a close in the early church no one was content with too much if someone else had too little I mean, when you read the book of Acts, you see it several places that people just sold stuff to, to say, here, let's help families in need. No one was content with too much as long as someone still had too little. And I know what that sounds like to some of you. I'm, not, I'm, not talking, about, I'm talking about me not being able to sleep at night when I know a little kid doesn't have food to eat. Me not being able to sleep at night when I know that one of you is dealing with an issue and I I don't have an answer yet except prayer. No one was content with too much as long as anyone had too little. This was the spirit that was in Christ that had come in to his church in those early days of the church, right after Acts chapter 2 when the church was birthed. But right at the very end of that chapter you start seeing it the first time when people started selling things and bringing them so that we could take care of people that didn't have enough but that's not really our culture today is it that if I've got too much I need to find somebody that I can bless that if I've got an abundance or if I've got extra that I need to find someone to bless but that's the Spirit of Christ And it's more than just saying, I want you to be my Savior. It's saying, I also want you to be my Lord. And let the Spirit of Christ encompass you, surround you, take charge of you, because it's only then that you're going to really understand and experience the fulfillment that He intended for you to have in this life. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.